Because our next guest, absolute superstar, um, we spoke at the top of the show about this, you know, sad passing of Shane Warne and what a shock it was to the whole world, not just cricket fans. But um, Martin Blake, um, former journalist at um, The Age, spent a lot of time with Shane and let's get his thoughts um, on this difficult time. G'day, Martin. Hello, Jack. Hello, boys. G'day, Blakey. We're still in mourning or warning, in warning. Warning. In warning. Might be a new name for it. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think... Have, yeah. I say, um, you know, we're, the whole sort of uh, sporting world, especially in Australia, is probably still in a bit of a state of shock, to be honest. It's a bit uh, surreal, isn't it? You just... I, I guess you build up these figures to be, you know, godlike figures and then you're suddenly hit in the face with the reality that they're just um, flesh and bone and, um, you know, warn he's gone and it's terribly sad. I, I personally think, though, Blakey, that it's good that we've built him up in that way because he deserves it and now he's going to be remembered that way. So he's going to have a stand, he's got the statue, like, he's. it's very sad for his family and also everyone that loved him, but... He's going to be remembered forever, this bloke. Like, he's just a legend of the game and a legend of a person. Yeah, fair point. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's involved at Secure the Cricket Club, which, of course, was Warnie's club team. And uh, I was talking to this guy today, and he was... We were both sort of saying, you know, we're just privileged and lucky to have sort of... First of all, being able to watch him, like everyone has, uh, you know, being a, a true genius, really, of sport. I mean... I haven't seen too many true geniuses in no. sport at all, but he is one. He well, he, the, he's got to be up there with Bradman, Blakey, doesn't he? And uh, just, just to have watched him and then to have known him, yeah. Do you think Blakey is up there with Bradman? Um, to be mentioned in that sentence is, is saying something. Um, I mean, I don't think he's another Bradman, but, uh, you know, Bradman might be the best batter we've ever had and Morn might be the best bowler. I mean, he's, he's the best cricketer that I've ever seen, and I'm, I'm 60 now, so um, he is the best cricketer I've seen. I mean, I loved watching him play. Um, just so many so many of the mannerisms, and that will stick with me forever, you know, right from the, the, the walk run-up and the, you know, the appeals and the, you know, I was just to love how he'd come on the bowl and bearing in mind he's, he's doing the, the most difficult... He's, you know, he's trying to do the most difficult art that there is in cricket. And he'd just come on the bowl, flick the ball between his fingers and then come on. He'd land it right on the spot every single time. When did you ever see him run in for his first ball in a test match or a one-dayer and just bowl a big high pull toss or yeah. get smashed, you know, over mid-wicket for six? It just didn't happen. It was a moment. Uh, definitely a moment. He to keep the pressure on the batsman. His runs per over was always very low, so I think he got a lot of wickets for other people. Yeah. Yes. In a funny sort of way, I think yep. Glenn McGrath probably profited a, a bit from having Warney at the other end a lot because there was, you know, there's so much pressure on from Warn that other people probably, you know, rode off the back of him a bit. Uh, not that, of course, Glenn McGrath was a great bowler himself, but uh, no, absolute all-time great, no doubt for, about for it. For me, for me, I do put him in that Bradman bracket, and I'll tell you why. It's because Lily Thompson. Marsh, sadly, Rod, what happened to Rod Marsh? All those, all those guys are Australian icons, and they're respected, and they were fabulous cricketers for Australia. McGrath, but but yeah. Warren was bigger than that. Warren's recognised worldwide um, by not just um, other cricketers, by you know songwriters, singers, actors. Yeah. You know, everybody knew this bloke. Like 
Um, he was just He's just an icon of the sport, and I think he should be recognised up there with Bradman because we'll never see another one like that. Well, we might not. Well, no one's ever going to take 700 plus wickets, are they? Well, they, they might. Not in our lifetime. It's difficult to argue against it, um, but you know, as I said, the, the fact that we even talk that way um, just shows. You. I mean, he, he certainly is he the most famous Australian at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, the biggest death yeah. before his, I would say, was Steve Irwin's, and I think he's probably done yeah. a lot more than Steve Irwin. But they were similar type guys, are they? Even look the same. I've noticed this week we just uh, you run into people and. Everyone's talking about it, of course, and it's sort of like moon landing stuff because you're like, well, well, where were you and what were you doing and when did you hear it? You know, yeah. I've had a few yeah. people yeah. say to me they got, te- you know, their phones, their phones uh, went off at, you know, two in the morning, whenever it was, mm. you know, Melbourne time. I personally heard the tail end of it on the about the five thirty news when the radio came on next to my bed, and I, I kind of didn't quite absorb it. I, no, I was laying wouldn't. there thinking, are they talking about warning? Mm-hmm. can't be right. Um, you do sort of think they're immortal, don't you? So, um, as stupid as that sounds, you just uh, I, I just wouldn't have picked it in a million years. But uh, no, it's, a, it's a great privilege to have covered him and known him a bit. You know, I was uh, quite friendly with him at different times. We're not, we weren't close friends, but uh, we certainly got along well. He used to send me the odd text. I think I wrote a piece in the Age the other day after he died, where I said, you know, he'd text me occasionally. He'd want to know how. Uh, Peter O'Malley was a great mate of his, the, the golfer, and uh, he played with Peter in in uh, the Dunhill Cup at St Andrews a few times, where it's a pro-am format, and um, they were great mates. And he, you know, I remember driving to a golf tournament quite a few years ago in Sydney, and my phone went and it's Warney. You know, what, what odds can I get on Peter O'Malley? He wants to have a bet on him. So, um, you know, he's just uh, an everyman. Um, you know, I, another thing I put in the story the other day was. Just, tried to make it a personal thing of my own sort of recollections of him but this is a bit of a long story but in 202 I went on a, a tour to Sri Lanka and Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates with Australia. They were playing three tests against Pakistan and in those days you weren't allowed to go to Pakistan to play so they went to um, Sri Lanka, Colombo and then uh, over to Sharjah it's 45, 47 degrees or something Warney absolutely destroyed Pakistan which he always tended to do and uh, I was under pressure from the Sydney Morning Herald to get a nice Monday cover piece of some sort and I didn't have a clue what I was going to do so I thought well if I can run into Warney I was staying in the same hotel as the team as you did those days and uh, I ran into Warney at breakfast and I thought this will do me, I'll see if I can get Warney to tell me about this slider ball that he was bowling in that series. It was just a ball that went on straight. So uh, talk about a, a magician, you know, and a con man. I mean, it was just a straight <laughs> ball. It did nothing. It did nothing, but they, play, they were playing for a full of spin. They're I think he named him himself. spin and getting it in the pads. <laughs> I mean, what a, what, what a genius con man he was. And yeah. so, okay, so I meet him at breakfast. Warning, can I, can I talk to you about this? He says, Blakey, just go up to my room in half an hour and I'll, I'll talk to you then. So I go up to his room half an hour later and it's wedged half open, the door. So I push the door in, go into his room and I can hear the shower going. He's in the shower. So 
I'm sitting there on, you know, on the end of his bed or whatever, and out, out comes Woody Stark naked, got the towel on his back, drying himself. How you going, Blakey? You know, sits down there, lights up a smoke, and then just tells me this great story about the slider and how he pushes it. He, 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 look, he exaggerated some of these things, I've got to say. He, he didn't have that many tricks. It's just the tricks were really good. So he, he reckoned that he was pushing the ball into the end of his fingers, and then he used the normal leg break action, and because he didn't really have much of a grip on the ball, it just kind of skated on straight. So I wrote this for the Sydney Morning Herald, got a great front page of sport article about it. You know, that, that was just, I, I love that story because uh, that was what he was like. He's just every man, and it's so easy to get along with. And, um, you know, just watching him uh, do that in that series, I think he got 27 wickets in three tests or something. So, uh, you know, knocking over back with a ball that did nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. But what, um, you know, this is what we've, we've learnt sort of this week, that he'd do anything for his mates, and uh, obviously you and him were close, um, but he, he'd, he'd give you that story or he'd give you something if you needed it, and that's what the sort of uh, I've I gotten think, this week. I think one of the common themes that's come out is how generous he was yeah. with people, even from... People like I've heard Sam Newman talking about how when uh, his wife died and things like that, you know, Warney, uh, he was very much a people person. He, he, I can tell you that he, he didn't like criticism much. You know, I had a few mates in the journalism game that, that didn't get along well with him and he didn't like them much because they'd probably covered him through a period where he ran into a few of his problems. We don't need to go into those, but... Um, he had some falling outs with journos, there's no doubt about that. He didn't much like criticism. I'll tell you one thing, he used to say to me, if I ever saw him, he, he did this many times, he'd say, how'd you think they were coming out? You know, you'd meet him at the lift or something. And I'd, I'm just walking out of the lift one day and he said that to me and I was just shaking my head and I'm thinking, you know, I, I've played cricket, country cricket, I reckon, you know, Geelong District Cricket Association would be about as high a level as I <laughs> ever played almost. And he's asking me how, how he thinks he's bowling. You know, like, well, you're the greatest bowler in, in history probably, mate. You know, <laughs> why do you need that? But he, he was sort of, he had an arrogance about him on the field and a bit of vanity with the, you know, the stuff that he had done with his teeth and the, the hair replacement, that sort of stuff. There's a bit of personal vanity there. But he, he was a bit insecure in a funny sort of way. He needed... He Liz liked, Hurley liked it. Or needed, he needed people around him to sort of blow, blow up his tyres a little bit. So there's a bit of a contradiction there. Yeah. I was just going to say, Liz Hurley didn't mind his hair and his teeth. Yeah, so that worked pretty well. <laughs> but, uh, We'd all need to go in and get a bit of that done. <laughs> and, I mean, he, he had a, a lot of moments, didn't he? I yeah. mean, he had these oh, up, so many ups and downs that people have ridden with him, you know. 205 Ashes um, is another one that I, I like to tell. I, um, Darren Berry, who's one of his best friends, is also a good friend of mine. I wrote a book with Darren many years ago, and... Um, Darren was running a tour group uh, to the 205 Ashes and they had a dinner on in London the, the night before the Lord's Test. And Warney was the guest speaker. Chuck got him along to be the guest speaker. He's playing the next day. So he probably, you know, it was probably the last thing he needed, but Chuck was a mate of his. So on the theme that we just talked about of him being generous, he turns up to this dinner with uh, all the cricket lovers and cricket nuff-nuffs there somewhere or other in London. And I go along, Chuck asked me to go along, and he sat me next to Warney, and I'm sitting next to Warney all night. 
and he looked terrible. You know, he was exhausted. And he proceeded to tell me that, um, if you remember at that time, he was in the middle of a breakup with Simone. There'd been a, some sort of tabloid scandal, some photos, and Simone was and him were completely on the rocks. And uh, he, t- he was telling me about this on the night, and he'd been on the phone to her till 4 a.m., so that's why he looked terrible. He was exhausted. Mm-hmm. He's playing a test match against England at Lords the next day. And I, I went home that night. I thought, this is going to be a disaster. I mean, he, he's not fit, this guy, to... He's not in a state that he can play test cricket. And uh, he bowled like a machine yeah. that day. And I, I, I sat there watching it, knowing what I knew, and not many other people knew. And I just... I, I grew a lot of respect for him that day because... I don't think I've ever seen anyone in sport who could compartmentalise his life away from his cricket. He just once he once they rang the bell, he was just a, a beast. Just on Simone and the family, they need to take a bow the way they've handled all this. Like they've been so professional, uh, they've stayed out of the media, they've put in photos at the appropriate time. They've been amazing. Yeah, I, I always felt for Simone because, you know, um, when he married her, he, he loved her, obviously, and they had the kids, but she was just cast into that life where he was in the spotlight and he was able to handle that. I mean, he was a, he was brilliant at handling people's attention. He got used to it and he was, you know, a lot of people who know him well speak about how patient he was with people around him, but Simone didn't ask for that, you know, and yeah. I read today some commentary from her about how she'd really struggled with it and I'm not surprised because if you hung around with Warney a bit like I did, you know, I'd often stay in the team hotel so you'd be in the bar or the restaurant and he'd be there and it was non-stop boys, it was non-stop mm. people interrupting him, never ever stop people think, people think because they watched him and he was in their lounge rooms that he's their best friend, you know, and people can be quite rude to be perfectly honest so yes. um, they would bowl up to him and you know, like I know some players that would would respond in a very bad way to that but Warney um, was incredibly generous with people's time. The number of people he would have, who would have somewhere in their house a photo of them standing with Warney or oh. a shirt that he signed or something like that uh, would be phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal because he, he would he would do that time after time and it's terribly sad for the kids because he was mm. clearly he was very close to them um, even even beyond uh, you know when he got divorced from Simone. Was that going back to the 05 Ashes? Was that the best he's played in a series in your opinion? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I, 40 wickets. Uh, unfortunately, Australia lost the series, so that was a bit of a, a downside. I would imagine if they'd won the series, you know, if it had gone, you know, it was so close, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, if it had gone the other day, he would have been, you know, lauded forever for that, but he has been anyway. I mean, he was he was just phenomenal in that, that series. And, uh, I mean, I think the best of his bowling was probably around 90... 94, 93, 94 yeah. you know, before his shoulder injury and uh, various other little bits and pieces of things that happened I mean, I was talking to someone about this the other day when he first started bowling that flipper um, around that 94 period, he could just peel that off any time he wanted and uh, after he got the shoulder problems a few years after that, he just, it, it was more difficult for him to bowl and uh, I, my understanding is that when he bowled his wrong and his shoulder just really it was a problem for him so he didn't really bowl many wrong but 
as I said earlier, you only had two or three tricks, but she's our good ones. They were good ones. Oh, fantastic, mate. Hey, we might have to leave it there, Martin, but it's been great to chat about Warney uh, through you as someone who knew him very well. Um, really, um, I express our condolences to you because, um, yes, uh, it's very sad to lose a friend. Um, and uh, thank you so much for joining us this, after, this evening. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for having me on and appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Thanks, Blake. Martin Blake, former The Age uh, journalist uh, who covered cricket for a long, long time.